This is the Think LA podcast from Los Angeles, the center of advertising, marketing, and media. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today we have the audio from our webinar, Commerce Amid COVID, which took place on October 28th and sponsored by Verizon Media. This discussed innovative solutions to redefine the path to purchase. The world is changing on a daily basis and new consumer behaviors are emerging, many of which are here to stay. In a digital world where 80% of shoppers tune out mobile ads, Verizon Media is investing in immersive experiences that capture attention, build trust, and meet consumers where they are. Cut through with immersive 3D AR content, dynamic ad creative, native commerce, and new digital experiences in the store. Tony Gemma, head of global ad creative technology and innovation, explores how to redefine the path to purchase by using innovative commerce experiences that increase engagement, interest, and ROI. And his discussion is with Rob Town, Director of Performance Marketing at Purple. We hope you enjoy this episode. Please remember to join today or renew your membership with Think LA so that we can keep bringing you great content like this. Good morning, everyone. I'm Don Lupo, Think LA Executive Director. Welcome to Commerce Amid COVID, presented by Verizon Media. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Before we get started, a few announcements. Please visit thinkla.org to register for our weekly newsletter and to stay in touch with our community. The Think LA podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and more. And the next two months, we'll be showcasing two new professional development classes. The first class we'll be hosting is Show Me the Money, and we'll teach agency leaders about the correlation between day-to-day and agency financing to become more confident and comfortable in discussing agency economics, budgets, and targets with colleagues and clients alike. Our next class will be Becoming the Calm Amidst the Chaos on December 1st. And this class will teach attendees techniques and practices to gain clarity in the moment and allow you to make more conscious choices in your day-to-day life at home, at work, and beyond. More details on how to sign up are available in the events section of our website. So for more information on these courses and other upcoming events, please head over to thinkla.org. And as you listen to our panelist insights today, please use the Q&A button at the bottom of your Zoom screen to submit your questions. We'll do our best to answer them all after the discussion ends. Big thanks to our corporate member of Verizon Media for sponsoring this webinar and adding to our lineup of great content for our community. And now, please welcome Tony Gemma, Verizon's Head of Global Ad Creative Technology and Innovation. Hello, everyone. Well, let me first just say what a pleasure it is to be here today. I'm a huge fan of Think LA, uh, both for the connection and community it brings to the West Coast. uh, And seeing the content slate over the past years has been amazing. So thank you for having me. And thank you all for joining this session. My name is Tony Gemma, and I lead the global creative tech team at Verizon Media. My team's a little interesting in the industry uh, in that we're staffed with designing, designers, engineering, strategists, but at the end of the day, our job is to create really cool ad experiences in collaboration with our partners, be it 
clients direct, creative agencies, media agencies, or tech partners and publishers. But given the climate we're in, this has been by far one of the most interesting years of creative. So today, I'm gonna to share a few of the ways that we're trying to rethink the path to purchase and put things into market in these extraordinary times. Then, and much more importantly, we'll sit down with our feature guest of the day, Rob Town, the Director of Performance Marketing at Purple, and we'll talk to him about what it's been like working at a fast, innovative, direct-to-consumer brand in the age of COVID. This has undoubtedly been a remarkable and challenging year for everyone. On March 11th, the World Health Organization officially declared a global pandemic. After the world was shaken with over 100 countries uh, having cases of coronavirus. Days later, government closures, shelter-in-place orders altered the lives of most Americans, and our economy therein was turned upside down. Aside from the devastating death toll, a statistic that stuck with me in the height of shelter-in-place was one that our CEO of Verizon stated, Hans Vesper. Practically overnight, movement of cell phone users connecting between two towers dropped by 27%, meaning Overnight, 27% of people weren't leaving their homes at all. And in fact, the rest of them were shifting to different places throughout their day because they weren't going into work. They weren't going into stores. This simple human shift of being at home versus being out had a ripple effect through nearly every business across every vertical. And many companies were forced to rethink their business models. In the face of these extraordinary changes, consumers had to reimagine how they got access to the things they wanted, the things they needed. Now, I personally remember in those first couple of weeks, I showed up at a store at 6.45 a.m. on a Monday morning. I said, I'll beat this. I won't get caught in the crowds. What happened? I showed up 15 minutes before the store had opened. There was a line around the corner. And when I went into the store, there were crowds everywhere. I felt completely uncomfortable, even though I had a mask on. I'll be honest, I haven't stepped foot in a grocery store since. I rethought how I got access to those things. I get coffee through a subscription service. I get fish from a local distributor that used to distribute to restaurants, now opened up to consumers. I have dabbled across Instacart, Costco, Amazon Fresh, Target Chipped, and others. And quite frankly, I have a one-year-old, she needs a lot of things. So I've found some unique ways to get the things she needs from some direct relationships and manufacturers that I can get these supplies. Now, I'm sure everyone has their own story, but now that I've shifted, I don't think I could ever fully go back, right? One in three people say they will exclusively shop online in 2020. That's up 36% in 2019. 68% of people say, even when they go back to the store, right, they're gonna use curbside contactless pickup. These are staggering changes. One thing is certain, adaptation is necessary for companies to survive. Those that were already distressed pre-pandemic are having a much harder time during this than those who were equipped for a lens for the future. For every day that retailers are closed, it gives the risk that they may not survive this shelter in place. Unfortunately, we've seen measures taken across the industry Companies like J. Crew, Neiman Marcus, Forever 21, filing for bankruptcy to readapt their business and see if they can keep them afloat. Now, of course, Amazon has been booming. Their infrastructure was built for this, but they've even had some unexpected winners, right? The unexpected winner was Amazon Grocery that struggled to take off in the pandemic in the way they'd won. 
But following suit, it makes a lot of sense. Walmart, Target, Kroger, Costco are seeing incredible sales. Walmart's taking a jab at Amazon Prime with Walmart Plus. Target partnering with a growing platform shift for speedy deliveries. Kroger instituting contactless pickups, right? One interesting thing to note there is that Walmart, two years ago, launched a scan and go app. Shoppers can use it to ring up purchases with a smartphone, only to quietly shut down the project. This month, however, as part of Walmart Plus, this app is gonna be one of the key perks. It shows you the technology ecosystem we're in and the appetite for new experiences. So what's the result? What we're seeing is years of evolution delivered in just months. IBM's US retail index reports that the pandemic accelerated the shift away from physical stores to digital shopping by roughly five years. What was slated for five years of evolution happened in five months. Now, Scott Galloway, one of my favorite authors and a provocative professor and economist stated, Zoom is now worth more than the American auto industry. Now, he would go on to say how ridiculous and inflated that valuation might be, but it is a clear indication of the recent age we've lived in. Zoom and other video uh, communication platforms have benefited from basic needs for remote work, teaching, telemedicine, all of these things that we've been talk about, talking about that are just supercharged by the need for digital connection in this age. During this time, my team and I have had a saying, we need to meet consumers where they are. It sounds simple, it is simple, but when we do things for one way for way too long, it's easy to forget that we need to rethink and shift quickly when the lives of our consumers are shifting quickly. In a time when new technology is progressing at unprecedented speeds and consumers are yearning for new opportunities to connect and access, it opens a door, right? It's an opportune time for marketers to test new things. So I'm gonna share some of the places we're leaning into with the hopes to inspire all of you to think a little differently. There are three arenas that I'd like to talk about today that we found most pertinent during these COVID times. The first is virtual. All of the luxuries we previously enjoyed in person as we went into stores, dealerships, movie theaters. How do we replicate those things virtually in our homes? The second is personal. Shopping at home behind a screen leaves a lot to be desired. That one-to-one -one unique experience we have to enter a store, ask the questions we want, how do we manifest that digitally? And the last one is not something I would think I would have on a digital presentation, it's safe. This isn't something that we really talk about in our industry outside of brand safety, but it is something that is daunting on everybody's mind. How do we safely re-enter the world? What does that even look like as we step back into the space? So let's start with virtual. As I mentioned, the new retail store, it's your living room, right? There is one space that's hard to argue with, and that's augmented reality. The value that AR brings to a shopping experience is incredible. It gives context. It places objects in your home. It helps with the planning. And ultimately, it can help reduce returns if you have that context in advance. Now, despite all of that, AR hadn't seen the boom that we had touted or talked about for years after Pokemon Go. But now in the age of COVID, 21% of US retailers expect to invest in these technologies in their online store. That's up from 8% in just January of 2020, in just the same year. The utility is now needed for AR to represent what we can't do in store. Now, retail isn't the only industry tapping into this new technology. 
Sports is another good example. How do you bring the uniqueness of a fan experience to a user sitting on the couch? At Verizon Media, we recently launched a really cool application called Play AR in our Yahoo Sports app. It allows you to replay key plays from the game in AR in near real time. It's still about how close you can get to the action, and AR brings a context that just doesn't exist elsewhere in digital. I've been saying for years that it's unnatural that our digital lives are trapped in 2D, while our real lives are living in this vibrant 3D world. Imagine shopping for shoes. When I go to a site, I click on a shoe, and then I can click on a different view, and then I click on another image. Why not just be able to rotate that image? Right? There are new applications in the way we experience digital that are open now for us to experiment with. On the content side, this is just part of the journey. We've been going through a digital content journey over the past decades. If you look back, we went from voice to text to images to video. 3D, to us, is the natural evolution for the next frontier of content. So what does that mean in practice? Well, it can't just happen in advertising. That's not what we're talking about. 3D really has to be stitched into the fabric of digital. And we're starting to do that, and we're starting to see that. At Verizon Media, we're stitching this into our content properties across Autoblog, Yahoo Finance, Yahoo Sports. We're working with partners to imagine, well, how do they reach consumers with this new context and advertisers? And we're using technologies like 5G to really supercharge high-end events, to have digital experiences mixed in with reality that are almost scary like that they're the same. On the ad side, we recently ran a campaign with a large national retail brand that virtually places furniture into your home or patio. Consumer can see exactly what that chair table looks like in their rooms and scale. Not only that, they can place more than one object and plan out an entire room. The consumer will know exactly what it will look like in their home before she clicks to buy. And what we're seeing is that users are voting with time. Time is an asset in this industry, and it's a hard one, it's a fleeting one but we've seen an average time spent of a, over a minute on these experiences. If we compare that to the average IAB rich media unit of 13 seconds, it's a lot of value coming back in a fleeting attention economy. And don't take my word for it or Verizon Media's word for it, but Shopify recently released new data that also touted that interactions with a product having AR content showed a 94% higher conversion rate than products without one. But don't get stuck on furniture. We're live with auto clients, reinventing how a virtual show floor might reach consumers at scale, working with an entertainment client to uh, launch an immersive preview of an upcoming uh, movie. And we ran a recent campaign with a jeweler to try on engagement rings. Now, I'm sorry to those soon-to-be brides and grooms out there that this is what it's come to, but I'm glad that digital can help bridge that divide. Now, AR is cool, but it's not the only way we bring a virtual uh, retail experience to your home. CTV is an industry that we've been following for years, right? Discussions of cord cu cutters and cord nevers, and now we're in the pandemic age, we're seeing some staggering usage ramp into CTV that I'm sure many of you are aware about. A recent Verizon Media study showed that on a day during shelter in place, we saw a 37% increase in streaming compared to an average day outside of COVID. In Q1 alone, we showed a 70% spike in cord cutters across some platforms based on new subscription data. With that comes co-viewing. This is a big opportunity for brands that really hasn't fully come to the surface yet. 
CTV platforms are still somewhat rigid and tied to a remote, yet they have a six times higher interaction rate than standard pre-roll ads. Interaction is in the DNA of these products, but the easiest path to engagement is through the phone. How many times have you paused a show and rewinded to see a cool jacket or something in a series, or even backtracked to check out a cool commercial? Maybe, maybe not. Whether you like it or not, many of us take cues from pop culture and entertainment, so it's time to open the door, let users more easily shop the look, get more information, or understand what's available in real time as they're viewing. We think about this as moving from viewing to shopping. Everything else, in, uh, everything else we do in digital is about leaning in. And whether we like to admit it or not, we're always shopping, we're always consuming. So how do we bring some of those experiences forward with CTV? Interactive ads layered on uh, additional uh, targeting capabilities so we can reach viewers that are likely to lean in. We saw how many people use their devices while viewing. Second screening is known to improve the chances of taking a downstream action by 75%. The second space is around personal, right? How do we bring that at-home personalized shopping experience to consumers? We talk about personalize, personalization in the industry quite a bit. There's still many ways we aren't bringing together the true capacity of data and creative to work as one. In the age of COVID, how do we help personalize that digital experience akin to having a personal shopper in store? This might not be as fancy as AR, but this is a no-brainer. We've seen that adding creative bells and whistles can lead to higher engagement. In fact, 23% higher engagement when brands add these really cool features that we know we can bake into a creative. But the real bread and butter comes when we add a personalization layer to it, right? It's not just fun, it's not just useful, but it can lead to higher conversion and brand loyalty uh, at extremely impactful rates. Here's a recent example of bringing data and creative together to drive incredible impact. We were able to serve personalized e-circular content using location data paired with discounts and audience inputs drove a 91% lift in unique visits to the website for a national grocer. Now, why is a national grocer driving traffic to a website? COVID, right? They need context and people are preparing to shop before they go into the store because they want to be ready to pick what they need. But Dy Dynamic Creative has many faces. Imagine an ad, which we run now, in our Yahoo Fantasy Football app from a famous candy bar that calls out your team name with some light smack talk. In my case, earlier this week, I received a custom ad based on my amazing win for Golden Tate Bridges and a very different message from my other team about a brutal loss called Daddy Shark. Now that's dynamic and certainly gets me to pay attention. Now it's fitting to share, uh, shortly we will have Rob from Purple up online, that our friends at Purple leverage dynamic product ads to surface personalized and relevant products based on a user's previous actions. The result, an incredible 44% lift in return on ad spread, bringing the incredible value back to their business even as they compared it across other platforms like social. Now, the last one that I said is surprising that we're talking about, but in the age of COVID, it's a very important one, is about safety, right? As we re-enter the world, how do we adapt experiences uh, to be safe? Here's the reality, safety is a priority for consumers. Four out of five Americans have yet to return to those pre-COVID levels of comfort as they go out of the home. Beyond that, they're doing it in different ways, right? 
31 million Americans paid with a Visa contactless digital wallet, 150% jump year over year in March of this year. Bridging that gap to say, it's going to be a little different when we go into this new world. Using contactless digital transaction to drive brand value, mobile wallet is an interesting one that we think will rise immensely. For brand advertisers, it's an opt-in function. Consumers see a deal, they see a discount, they see a promotion, they decide to save it to their wallet. And later, it will prompt them or remind them that the promotion is almost up or that they're near a retailer. You see a 64% jump in retention, a redemption, sorry, when users are reminded of something that they had saved before. And the scale here is pretty immense. There's an estimated 4 billion mobile wallet users by 2024. Now the second one and the last one that I wanna talk about is really in this digital out-of-home space. It's been a challenging year for digital out-of-home, especially on the traditional side. Overall, a 50% cut in the planning cycle for out-of-home, but we have seen a spike in digital programmatic, in, uh, sorry, in digital uh, out-of-home through programmatic means, as marketers look for agile ways to stay relevant to consumers that, who are still out and about. And one really cool example and a specific example of digital out-home um, that we recently struck with a company called Cooler Screens is these cooler screens that live in Walgreens locations around the U.S. and are expanding to other locations. Now, what is this exactly? Well, it's a showcase on those cooler screens that allow you to show product inventory, right, behind that screen to say, oh, this one's out. This one has three left, coupled with creative messaging for brands and advertisers to do that. Even more so, it's smart. So as a user walks up, an ad may remove and they can see the inventory in front of them. This medium has resulted in a 78% brand recall lift when it compares to stores without these screens. Now, in addition, we've also seen a 50% sales lift on products in those stores with these digital cooler screens versus without. It's a really cool way to think about digital out of home in the stores in a different way and just thinking about the intermingling of what we knew as retail before and how digital will play a role. So with that, I conclude my trends that might stick and hopefully sharing some inspiration around some of the places that we're testing. And I'll leave you just with this one insight. Many new behaviors that we talked about today and that we're seeing are here to stay. 75% of consumers have tried a new shopping behavior and most intend to continue it beyond the crisis, right? A different brand, a new shopping method, a different retailer, a store, a private label. All of these things are transforming and it's a good time for us to test on how we can all be involved in that transition. So with that, we get a chance to open up the conversation and speak with Rob Town, the Director of Performance Marketing at Purple. Rob, are you with us? I'm just turning on my video. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for joining us. Um, well, why don't you give just a quick introduction about who you are and what you do before we jump in? Yeah, my name is Rob Town. I've been at Purple for a few years. Um, had. Uh, Done a few things before that in uh, both B2B and B2C for demand generation. And uh, right now I'm the director of performance marketing. And so uh, myself and my team 
have uh, the responsibility and uh, the privilege of making sure that purple is seen and known and is being associated with uh, the best advertisements and the best messaging that we can across a lot of our performance channels, including programmatic display, video, uh, native, and other areas. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us today, Rob. And we got to break the ice. You know, we're all sitting behind screens. We've got a lot of viewers that we can't see. So tell us a little about shelter in place, Rob. What does your day look like these days? Any favorite gadgets, strategies, or tips that you might share with the group? Yeah, um, I feel like a lot of people, I am streaming more content. I am uh, finding myself shopping online a lot more. Actually, just yesterday, I did my first curbside pickup at the grocery store. So that's one of those that, uh, that might stick, might persist. It was a pretty seamless process. Uh, so enjoyed that. I think I uh, have definitely learned about some, some new shows that I need to stay caught up with. And that's something that's a fun way to connect with my coworkers, even when we can't be together. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this is a whole new world for everyone and it's definitely a new experience. And I miss a lot of the concerts and kind of fun group activities that I would go to sporting events in the past, uh, finding other ways that we can, you know, still be socially almost together while physically distant. That's great. No, different way to figure out how to bring those communities together, right? In these times. Well, for those that aren't fully familiar with Purple, um, you know, arguably it, it's a good time to be a direct consumer brand, right? You have a model that was already direct to these consumers, but tell us a little bit more about Purple and how business is today. You know, what's been going on with Purple since shelter in place hit? Yeah, I mean, surprisingly, we, uh, we took the precautions that uh, every other company would uh, be doing. We shut down our, our headquarters and sent everyone remote. And we were very concerned with our potential need to, to furlough, to lay off, to kind of just deal with the situation because see uh, what was going to be happening. But as things evolved, as things emerged, we noticed pretty rapidly that uh, we were in that position where people would uh, continue to choose us as they were looking to improve their lives and look at our products as ways that they can improve their stay at home situation. Um, we are a comfort innovation company. I mean, we don't just have a mattress. We've got, you know, sheets, we've got seat cushions for that work from home crowd, um, setting up their home office. That's something that was very critical to them. Um, and we've continued to launch new lines of products as we've uh, gone through this period of quarantine. But I think particularly our, our channel and our method of distribution has been something that has worked out well for us because uh, prior to this, we did have a good hybrid method of growing and scaling in partnership with a lot of the retail brick and mortar stores. But as we had to scale that back, we were still fully operational and ready to move forward quickly because we started as a digitally native brand. So we're just ready for that. The, the issue that we're running into now and that I think a lot of people on this call are probably seeing is that the competitive landscape is changing. You know, you're seeing those people that never were um, really competing with you online. They're all having to pivot and they're all trying to come in and compete with you in those arenas. Yeah, that's, that's, that's extremely interesting. Well, I should first say a thank you for keeping us all comfortable at home. Uh, when it's more important than ever, I think, I think we've all tested the bounds of our new space and, and want to elevate, you know, how we stay comfortable at home. Um, but it's interesting to hear you talk about, you know, the, the blend of direct to consumer and the competing brands, you know, coming from the more brick and mortar space. 
tell, tell us just a little bit more of like what that's looked like from your perspective. You know, you, you, you started as this direct to consumer kind of leaning into retail and now retailers are leaning back out. Like, what does that look like? Uh, it's definitely a, a new space that we're continuing to explore into and find out uh, the best ways to, to interact with our consumers. Um, there are a certain uh, subset of people that might never um, decide to purchase a product without having that firsthand experience and being able to touch and feel it. But for a lot of them, there were those concerns on if I'm going to a purple dedicated showroom or one of our partner wholesale locations, am I going to be safe? You know, is this pillowcase a fresh pillowcase? Is there adequate hand sanitizer? I mean, we had to make changes in store. We had to modify um, a lot of our processes so that we could help people to feel comfortable and know that they were getting a safe experience while they were looking at that solution that could be what they want to take home. Um, also continuing to emphasize our, our home trial and, and the financing options we have to help people that were hesitating, that were foreseeing some potential financial hardships, anything that we could do to, to help them get through this period of time was something that we had to work on our messaging. And, and you can see that across the board when, when you're in this place where you're speaking to somebody in a very real, a real way that they can, they hear that you hear them. Um, it makes it so much more impactful than if we were to just continue to do things exactly the same way as before and say, hey, it's a new season, hey, it's a new sale, and not really change out what we're doing. It, it matters that we were listening to the consumer and that we were addressing them and that we were highlighting the benefits of not only our delivery method and our technology, but basically the whole process, how we can bring that to a consumer in a safe way and help them to reach their goals while they're improving their space to, to be at home, to be quarantined. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the, the message you had to bring and the value you brought to consumers was a lot different post-COVID, right, as, as people were sitting at home. Uh, I'm curious, you know, did, did a lot change in your marketing mix? Like, as you're taking those new messages to market, like, how did you think about how you advertised, right, or the different places you were playing in? Like, what evolved for you all? Yeah, um, I mean, there's a few pretty simple examples where you think about digital out of home and, and radio where people are seeing a lot of that on their commute. If their commute has gone down, obviously the eyeballs and the impressions in that inventory is going to change. And so um, again, people who would be competing with us only in those spheres would recognize that maybe the value of, of their media mix had to change so that they could be more competitive and they might shift away from some of their radio advertisements to send people into store to start getting online more and driving people to that online shopping experience. Um, and so what we were able to do within that period is to recognize and identify if we have um, a partner that we're working with, uh, Mattress Firm is one of our largest uh, partners here in the US, is how can we allow them to continue to increase um, what they're doing online that has a net benefit to both of us without stepping on our toes and we're not stepping on theirs. And so we started to have a lot more phone calls and, and make sure that we're interacting in a way that's mutually beneficial to each other and we're not going to be um, causing any undue harm. And, you know, we continue to grow. We just announced um, this month, actually, our expansion into Canada and our partnership up there that we can um, take these steps and be proactive in our growth and our expansion in ways that aren't going to be detrimental to everything that we've grown up until this point. Well, congr congratulations on that step into Canada uh, across the border and, and the growth uh, you've seen this year. Uh, you know, it's incredible. Um, our teams have a big partnership. I was able to share, you know, one of the, the case studies 
you know, how has partnership with companies like Verizon Media played into this mix, you know, especially as we're not meeting in person or doing any of those things, you know, like how have you been leaning into your advertising, publishing and platform partners? Yeah, I have honestly seen uh, so many opportunities to kind of flex into the areas that we are already seeing the performance and, and Verizon's been a great partner for us for a while now. Um, you know, I, I think it's more than just the available inventory and the available formats, but the team that we work with is amazing too. So we appreciate the partnership and our ability to kind of lean in and say, hey, this is what we're facing. These are the struggles that we have right now. Um, what can we do within our existing mix to, to push forward? And what can we do to test outside of that to find those new areas of opportunity? So um, our you know, dynamic feed-based uh, marketing, our, our dynamic creative testing and optimization that we're doing, those are just a few of the elements. Um, you know, we have had an opportunity, I think, in the past as well to work on some more immersive formats um, and some areas that um, are definitely more emerging. I know you mentioned augmented reality and other um, areas that have not felt as mainstream, but we all see on the horizon and we see that they're just around the corner. Um, you know, I saw this demo for the first time the other day on what the iPhone 12 is capable of using a lot of its laser sensors and, and putting this digital space in this real world space, kind of blurring the lines between the two and what it's capable of. And so as we continue to kind of move forward and work forward with Verizon, we're going to continue to, you know, look at our existing mix and how we can work really well on the, the native formats and display and video, but also will that AR and that VR be a part of our mix and how can we become more immersive to get ready to interact with customers as that becomes a more native part of their digital experience. Yeah, that's great. And iPhones, uh, you know, LiDAR capabilities in that iPhone 12 are going to change the game, right? For, for the camera engagement, which is, is pretty exciting. And seeing, you know, iPhone uh, really help bring 5G to the masses. Uh, some huge steps, so really fun to tune into Apple's new product releases. Um, you know, you talked about that innovation space. This is always a hard one. We talk about innovation. I'm curious, you know, in this favorite word in the industry, like some of the hardest parts of innovation is just making space to test things that don't have that immediate return on your business, right? You said, how do we look at the things around the corner? So how do you make space to test products that you think will benefit the future of your business or any advice for the audience too, as, as you've been thinking about those things? For me, it's um, about how can we listen to the data more than anything else. So if we are very comfortable with where we have a, a good media mix, we should just expect that somebody else is going to come in, see what we're doing, copy it and try and take it to the next level and leave us in the dust. And so we have to continually be evolving and be testing and moving forward. And then use that data and be ready to fail. I, I love bringing my groups together uh, internally and saying, what did we fail on this week? Because if we can be very open and, and happy about talking about the different areas that were less than successful, we'll learn how to pivot and we'll learn how to continue to test. Because if we do five things and two of them aren't great, that means more than half of them are actually taking us to that next level and we'll be able to ramp them up. Um, and so, you know, to, to find success, you have to be willing to accept that not everything's going to be successful. Um, I wish it were, but that's just not the name of the game. You know, at some point you're, you're rolling the dice and, and if you get a one, it, it's not so amazing. But if you're getting, you know, the better results out of it, you can pivot and you can push into that and you can do it ahead of the curve. So you can 
even get media at times that is uh, kind of lower than a market cost, but has higher than a market performance, um, just by continually pushing forward and doing as much testing as you can. Um, and then I think validation of that testing is critical to make sure that it's not just what you're seeing in platform as being the, the true results, but we take everything that we're doing and put it through multi-touch attribution and, and slice and dice the data to make sure that this is something that is applicable and beneficial to us in a net positive way, even in consideration with some overlap that it might have with other partnerships and other media channels that we already have in existence. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think, uh, you know, I'm sure you're you creating that culture for your team to create space to fail. Right. Like, you know, just as we said, these might stick, these may stick like we, we can't all see around that corner. Um, I'm curious, you know, uh, uh, sitting in the seat you're in, you mentioned VR, AR, like what are some of the things that whether you're testing them today or not, that you're really thinking about, you know, a couple of years down the line or the future of the business that could be really, really impactful for Purple? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of fun ones that I can think of. And a lot of it comes where you have overlapping ideas where if you look at one channel in isolation and one opportunity, one format, um, then that in and of itself might be a game changer and it might be a good evolution to move forward. But a lot of the, uh, the innovation and the evolution we've seen across the board, not just in advertising, but, you know, take the iPhone, for example, it was how do we put things together like an iPod and a browser and a phone into one device that nobody has kind of put in that way before. And so here's one example is how do you make a podcast more effective if you want to track the results of having somebody read out something on a podcast? Well, what if you have them say, shoot me a text, here's my number, and that number becomes that database where you're collecting and being able to distribute coupon codes. That's a way to kind of bring the, the SMS with the uh, podcast and make it more effective by putting those two together. Well, what about the next level if you can go from podcast to SMX to mobile wallet? Once you get somebody to click onto a text message to add something to their wallet as a coupon, well, then you can have an opportunity to do push notifications on top of that. And so it's like blending all of the different layers together is something that is completely worth testing on top of all of the new formats. Because when you kind of find those synergies and the ways that everything can, can tie in, then you can get to even another level. Yeah, making sure that interplay is, is always uh, connected across everything you're doing. That, that's great. That's uh, great advice for everyone. We're getting close to Q&A, so, so I, I want to give you an opportunity to just tell us, you know, Purple's such a cool brand. What's around the corner for Purple, right? We've seen a lot of diversification, the move to Canada. You know, what can we expect next from your brand? Um, a lot of fun things, and I wish I could uh, tell you about all of them. We, we love innovating in, in products, and some of the new products that uh, we've already released this year are doing really well, and we're very proud of the quarterly results that we've been able to report. Um, surprisingly, during this pandemic, we've seen our, our stock um, hit some record highs, and we've seen our, our financial reporting be able to be in a very healthy position, and so we're proud of that. Um, but yeah, we, we just don't stop innovating. We announced that we are having a Georgia location for manufacturing and fulfillment. And so rather than just our three locations in Utah, which by the way, we've hired six or 800 more people just in this last year, we're now hiring and uh, developing a lot more capabilities out on the East Coast as we continue to kind of grow what we're able to do. And, uh, and that's really exciting for us. I think um, 
yeah, I, I wish I could say more about what products are around the corner, but keep an eye out um, before the holiday season is over. There's going to be some very uh, giftable, uh, wonderful things that, uh, that I think everyone will be really interested in. Well, it's a good plug as we're all starting to think about the holidays and how we can get each other something that's comfortable in our home. So excited to see more from Purple. Um, and I think, uh, thank you, Rob, first of all, for, for joining us for this, but I think we're gonna move to yeah. Q&A. So John, I, I think it's back to you. Absolutely, thank you so much. Uh, great presentation and great discussion. Uh, I, uh, we have a couple of questions from, uh, from our attendees. Uh, one of the first is, it's two parts. How does the rising, rising level of competition factor into your partners and media decisions? And how do you combat companies that might be a new or might be posing a threat? I mean, what I've seen, um, we track 200 plus competitors in the bed in the box space. Um, we are able to stand head and shoulders above a lot of those for uh, two main reasons, I would say, is one, we actually have a very differentiated technology. Everyone else that I've seen is taking some version of memory foam, uh, putting a nice cover on it with their brand name and can really start a company without any office, without any manufacturing and do a lot of white label drop shipping type of stuff overnight. And it's a, it's a marketing play and it's a, it's a disruption to the delivery method, but we're not just there to play in that delivery method disruption. We've actually got decades of innovation behind us. Um, in the medical space, our co-founders invented Dr. Scholl's, the hyperelastic polymer gel components to it um, are a lot more breathable and responsive than uh, what the capabilities of memory foam are. And so the innovation helps us move forward, but also our customer service and support. Um, we've rated for the last two years straight, number one for um, customer satisfaction on JD Power. And that's something that sets us apart from others that are out there. So with the competition, it is, um, it's difficult when we see a lower barrier to entry for somebody who wants to claim to be just as comfortable and just as innovative as us. But if we are truly head and shoulders above the competition with our product and with our service, then um, the customer eventually will hopefully see that. And so we continue to make sure we position ourselves as being that leader in the category and let that stand for itself. That's great, thank you for that. Um, so, so how does that, um, factor into you know the the partners you may be choosing the the media decisions you're making um, things like that yeah our ability to to kind of tell our story has depended in past and continues to depend on our ability to educate and inform through our advertisements um, we're not just in it for you know the branding recognition and the awareness levels that have to do with our brand name, but we want that association to be made so that we're high in the consideration set that people will say, when I think purple, what do I think? I think um, true quality, true innovation, true comfort. And to be able to express that to people, uh, we've used a lot of long form video, and that's a way that we can entertain and educate at the same time. We've also continued to push the boundaries on what we can do um, within native advertisement and carrying forward into our current development of additional landing pages to help people with that experience so that we're approaching them and speaking in the correct ways when it's in the middle of the upper areas of the funnel that they can, um, you know, receive that information in bite-sized pieces that they're ready for and mm -hmm. have a really good sequence to follow up with that so that we can give them additional chapters in the story until they're ready to purchase. That's great. Thank you for that. 
so one of our other questions is, how are you evaluating podcast partners? Great question. Um, we are uh, able to work with most of them in getting unique landing pages or a unique uh, vanity URL that they can speak to and then let people um, as they visit those pages, then receive that. Um, well, so it's, it's the landing page with that URL tracking or it's a coupon code that's available when they're working with that partner. And then we work to say, okay, what was our investment level on uh, the podcast? If it was a direct read or if it was an insertion, and then how can we um, look at the revenue that's associated with that coupon code usage or that URL uh, visit that then drives the revenue and what's the return on ad spend between the two. Thank you. Uh, and, and one last question for both of you. How are Purple and Verizon Media leveraging data and insights to better understand your respective customers? I mean, there's, there's so much data that you can utilize. Um, how are you using that to, um, to, to better relate to customers and potential customers? Well, Tony, I'd love for you to uh, take the first go at this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's in the fabric of our DNA. I, I, again, sitting on the creative side, uh, you don't typically think about the intersection of, uh, you know, how is all my creative being manifested based on the targeting I'm putting into place, the foundation. But, you know, we actually think about that in everything that we do. Data has to lead us there. Um, for Verizon Media, it's, it's the core of our DNA is just having that unique data that sits in our properties and publishers and, you know, the scale at which we can deploy that. Um, you know, from my perspective, it's, it's always about, well, how do I then make sure that the experience that that consumer is getting based on everything I know about them is perfect for them and is in the right place. And that's, that's sort of where that journey comes together in the, the final experience and the high quality experience that we put in front of that. And I always just say, you know, just because we're doing, you know, say simpler uh, advertising or something like that doesn't mean that experience shouldn't be super high quality in something. So we take a, a, a high level of uh, scrutiny in what we put in front of consumers. And I'd say from our experience working with Verizon, um, it's been a while and we've seen a lot of the evolution of the, the products and, and even the names of Verizon Media as it's changed um, from encompassing uh, different elements that uh, had Yahoo components and AOL components and MSN inventory and all of those different pieces, I think, help to influence not only, um, you know, what, what decisions we're making with the interaction of, well, should we be on, on this platform? Should we have this um, placement? Uh, but also, when you understand so well, if the customer is visiting these different areas, if you see that they're um, interested in Yahoo Sports, if they're going to MSN Finance, if they're, um, you know, overlapping into these different categories, you see their interests as well. Uh, but then adding on top of that, the information that you can recognize through devices and through households and, and everything else, I think is a huge component to allow us to make sure that we're as effective as possible with our media knowing that a, a large decision like a mattress purchase is usually done within a household, um, not purely on an individual, and, uh, and that cross-spouse conversion and cross-device conversion is difficult to do on our own. Um, so we you know, appreciate all the support we can get in tying those different pieces together and making sure that our targeting is as effective as possible. That's great. Well, I, thank you both for that answer. Uh, this was a great conversation. Uh, I can't thank you both enough. 
uh, for making the time. Tony and Rob, this was a really insightful conversation. Uh, and thanks to everybody who's uh, attended for joining us this morning. Uh, we're going to be sending out a survey later today, and we rely on your feedback to make our events as relevant as possible to you. And we'll also be posting a recording of this event on our website, and there'll also be a podcast of the audio. Uh, a big thanks to Verizon Media for their support and for making this event possible. Big thanks to Rob from, uh, from Purple for being here and for giving us your insights. Everybody, please take care and stay safe, and we really hope to see you again soon. Thank you so very much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. To find out more about our upcoming webinars and events, please go to thinkla.org. You'll also find information on membership and how we continue our mission of serving the Los Angeles advertising, marketing, and media community. Take care.